The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we got a great lineup for you today. Got a guy who's very uh, hot in the news right now. A few weeks ago, he thought he might be watching the Kentucky Derby on television, uh, but he got a big surprise call at Turfway Park when fast and accurate was just that. The son of Hanson jumping up big time in the Jack Cincinnati Spiral Stakes, $500,000 on the line. And this horse by Hanson is owned by Kendall Hanson. And that's who will be our guest. I was lucky enough to be a guest of his at Turfways, as luck would have it that day. So uh, a very interesting. He was extremely emotional. Of course, uh, Hanson, you know, several years ago was the two-year-old champ and it's really tough, in a sense, to see. There were, there were I believe, five Hansons on the card at uh, just a turfway on Saturday. Uh, all the Hansons are three years old, and that's all you're going to get, folks. Not because he passed away, because he was sold rather quickly. As a matter of fact, before his first babies even hit the grounds. And um, he is off to South Korea, but uh, his foals have been running awful good they're obviously sound and there's a lot of them all over the country this one's a pennsylvania bread that he bought so we're going to get the scoop about fast and accurate and his road to the kentucky derby from the man himself kendall hansen and in the second segment we're going to bring on one of my favorite people and handicappers in racing and that is Gary West. Of course, Gary hails from the Crescent City, and there's some big racing down at the fairgrounds. Uh, Oaks Points and Derby Points, the Louisiana Derby and the Oaks, both sponsored by Twinspires.com. And then there's the uh, annual New Orleans Handicap that brings together the older horses, many that have met before uh, on the hallowed grounds there on uh, – uh, the streets of New Orleans, and then uh, we are going to take a quick visit. Big day, big day at Gulfstream, headed up by the Express Bet Florida Derby, a million dollars on the line. Gunavera, who's probably be the favorite, got parked outside in the eleven hole, going a mile and an eighth. So that's going to be a quick run. Thing is, he's got three rules just to the inside of him, and three rules is very, very quick out of the gate. Well, pull down the easy win forms. We had another big week, and I'll tell you what, wait till I reel off some of the races at Gulfstream. We had a huge week at, at Gulfstream. 
Uh, on the 25th, the $1 Super 5 key paid $3,682. Uh, the following day, a $1 Super High 5 paid $1,872. And uh, just uh, today, uh, a $1 Super 5 $2,134. So a lot of big racing at Gulfstream Park. You're going to want to pull down the easy win forms. Just go on over to Winning Ponies. It's just a great site to visit anyhow. But in addition uh, to the, the Florida Derby, they're going to have the $300,000 Honey Fox. Uh, then they're going to have the Gulfstream Park Oaks, which is a Kentucky Oaks Point Race. Then you've got the Grade 3 Appleton Stakes, the Grade 3 Orchid, the Grade 2 Pan American. So a very big day of stakes at Gulfstream Park. You're going to have to pull those down. Again, we'll be handicapping with Gary West. Let's get to some uh, breaking news. Not sure uh, uh, if uh, where you were on Saturday about 1 o'clock Eastern time, but I hope you got a chance to see Arrowgate. Unbelievable. Uh, he expected, as usual, to be on the lead. Uh, ironically, uh, I didn't realize this, but they don't have assistant starters uh, in the gate um, over there. So when the gates opened, he just kind of broke flat-footed and found himself in last place. Mike Smith didn't panic. Like he said in an interview after the race, well, I knew I was on a great horse, so I rode him like I rode another great horse, and that was Zenyatta. So we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Arrogate, who, with his win in that race, boosted his career bankroll to $17 million, making him the highest-earning North American-based thoroughbred in history, eclipsing California Chrome. Uh, unbelievable. What what a race, and what, what's next for this horse? The, nobody, who's going to want to run against him? It'll, I'm sure they're going to start writing races for him. Well, Unique Bella, everybody said she was probably going to be the one to beat in the Kentucky Oaks. Well, she's not anymore. It looks like she's sidelined with a shin issue. Uh, trainer Jerry Hollendorfer confirmed the injury about two days ago. And said, probably going to miss about 60 days for sure. And obviously, knowing Jerry, he's going to do what's right for the horse and take his time bringing her back. So, Unique Bella, that was actually nominated for the Triple Crown, will not even be going in the Kentucky Oaks, which, of course, is going to open the door for a lot of Phillies. That's for sure. Uh, off the Derby Trail now is El Arib. Uh, just uh, found this out today. Uh, according to Cal Lynch, uh, they were looking at him. He had some heat in his knee, took some pictures, and uh, said, looks like he's going to have to have it taken out. So he was ranked 12th on the road to the Kentucky Derby leaderboard. They do expect him to return to training in a couple of months. On uh, his last start, he kind of you know, went backwards, finishing uh, uh, third in the Gotham Stakes after setting a quick pace because he had been something else leading up to that race. Well, back on the track and working okay is classic empire, but it looks like he's not going to go to the Bluegrass Stakes. It looks like he is going to go uh, to the Arkansas Derby. After an impressive work uh, just two days ago down at Winding Oaks Farm near Ocala. So uh, Cassie and Oxley teamed up and said, why don't we uh, take the route uh, that will take us to Arkansas, even though they do like the track very much. So that opens up the bluegrass a little bit. And I know some other horses that got set back in their training uh 
do have plans on going to the Bluegrass Stakes. Now, McCracken's down there, and he stretched out uh, in, a, in a Keeneland workout just three days ago, uh, breezing six furlongs and one thirteen and two. And uh, regular rider Brian Hernandez was in the saddle, went out right after the maintenance break at eight thirty, and uh, he jabbed jog clockwise and then put in the work and they uh, said the splits were very very consistent and uh, so uh, McCracken preparing for the bluegrass stakes and uh, he won't have to worry about the classic horse there and last year's champion so uh, McCracken get to see you on bluegrass day now Irish war cry uh, looks like he's going to go to uh, the wood memorial most likely that uh, that is where he's going to end up so uh, the uh, he they say that he's working uh, very well he worked in a company just a few days ago and uh, so Irish war cry looks like he's going to be going to the wood well i told you we had a very special guest and i do believe that uh, we got a hold of him right now and that would be uh the one and only kendall hansen kendall are you with us i'm with you and for god's sake special that's a stretch there isn't it <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. If if, if nothing else, the turf writers are going to have plenty to uh, write about coming up to the first Saturday in May. Now that you are back in the game, well, uh, well, I want to. You know, I'm going to try not to give them so much content, you know, as I did five <laughs> years ago. I don't think I don't think you can hold yourself back. It's great to see people that are enthusiastic about the sport. I mean, let's face it, you got into this game as a player. You you enjoyed, you know, playing the horses in northern Kentucky and I think you used to sneak over to River Downs every now and then. So, you know, you, mm-hmm. you understand the, the game from that perspective. Yeah, I've been doing it since uh 79 80. In fact, I just had uh, Perry Oots bobblehead and uh, had him sign it a couple days ago. <laughs> I remember when Perry Utes, you know, was always leading rider at River Downs, and I'd uh, drive out there for weekends when I worked in Indianapolis. Well, uh, you know, all I can say is it was just great. I know that you called Northern Kentucky home. I saw you down kissing the the winner's circle after the race. Uh, you were trying to fight back tears. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing about Fast and Accurate, and a lot of people were talking to you before and after the race, is, is the fact that he is a son of your champion Hansen and kind of ironic that there is only one crop in North America of Hansons and a lot of them are making them to the races obviously he throws a, a sound horse I think as you pointed out seems like his grays that probably show a little bit of the tappet gene seem to run a little bit better than the bays um, but it, it, it's, it's pretty awesome that this many Hansons are, are doing so well considering it's his only U.S. crop. Yeah, I was I was optimistic uh, uh, from the time they were wheelings. Uh, uh, Dr. Hunt with Hagger Davis McGee, uh, the vet, uh, was always complimenting on uh, on how good they looked because he was seeing twenty or thirty of them, up to forty at a time. And he said, just overall, top to bottom, he, he thought it was uh, you know one of the best crops he'd seen in a long time. So I was optimistic from the beginning. Okay, well, listen. Let's get back to who's the big horse in your barn, because quite frankly, I believe, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people were thinking Enhance 
uh, had a better ch- shot than uh, than fast and accurate. And Hans, of course, uh, showed a nice uh, liking for Turfway, uh, winning the WEBN and setting all the pace in the uh, John Battaglia Memorial. Of course, he did draw that unfavorable outside post, but nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Alvarado kind of put him out there for Mike Maker, and uh, I believe the uh, instructions to Tyler Gaffleone, I saw you guys talking before the race, were if he's going to go on, you go on and just give fast and accurate a nice spot behind him and settle in. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, the, we've been doing great with Enhance ever since we got these new jockey instructions, which were basically do whatever it takes to get the lead. I've never told a jockey that. But since we started doing it with enhance, uh, that's just the way it's been. Uh, he's great. The great Hansons like to run like his daddy. Just They like to be out front. And I'd say the majority of the wins so far have been out front with, with several horses. But, yeah, I got to talk to both uh, Tyler and Robbie about an hour before the race. And uh, they're both fast. But, I, but if I had to guess, I would would think enhance would be in front. And then uh, we told Robbie just to tuck in behind him and actually – Talked about the wind and everything about drafting behind enhance and then then go for it quarter pole. And I mean, it's you know when you handicap a race and you're betting on it professionally, it, it's the biggest thrill when a race unfolds just the way you draw it up on paper. But to have to own two horses and have them both side by side with a couple like lead at the quarter pole and a graded stakes, that's just uh, one of the biggest thrills I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, when I looked down the stretch, I, I saw your silks alongside each other, and I said, oh, my God, this could be a Kendall Hansen exacta as they drove <laughs> through the the final two furlongs. Well, anyhow, fast and accurate, uh, interesting history. He's not one that you bred, but you're smart. You shop around these state programs. I know you have uh, uh, several Ohio breads. You, I believe you brought an Iowa bread, and this is a Pennsylvania bread. Of course, they're all Hansons. Yeah, what I, what I, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, show cool more, you know, what the Hansons have to offer, and uh, obviously a, a good way to get stakes wins is if you have a state bred that runs well, and I thought, you know, that Hanson would be able to keep competing in any state, so yeah, I got an Iowa bred, uh, bought this Pennsylvania bred, fast and accurate, and and bred three or four in Ohio myself, and I think I have a couple in New York and one in Florida as well. Well, it, I think, you know, it's it's a great way to to, to play your hand. We're talking with uh, Dr. Kendall Hansen. Well, fast and accurate, uh, you get you had to get a confidence builder into him, and you rolled the dice back on December 4th, putting him in a maiden claimer, 30,000. How was the heart beating that day, Doc? Well, I, well, I did my homework. Uh, nobody had claimed a horse for over 15 at the time at Turfway, and uh and uh, on paper, it didn't look like he was doing too well. Um, and it, actually, that was my fault. You know, actually, he probably lost his first three races, partly uh, to, I'm to blame, because I, I told Mike to do everything he could to get uh, him ready for the Pennsylvania Stakes race. That, that was his second race. So when mm-hmm. he put him in his first maiden race, uh, PID, uh, he was only 50% fit. And then he probably bounced off that even but still he ran second in the stakes the next time out. And then he got a bad start on the third race on the dirt, uh, but he wasn't really right, you know, until the last few races. And, and, and yes, you know, handicappers, we know that when a horse gets his heart pumped up and gets confident and gets the lead, uh, you know, can really carry over. And he, he really knew he won after that, that first win. And, 
you know, I was trading, got a little bit more serious, and I a new horse. So, yeah, it was scary. I thought I lost a horse for 30 that was in the Derby. I'd be, uh, I'd be uh, <laughs> embarrassing, very embarrassing. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, he kind of showed two dimensions uh, in uh, the, uh, the the spiral stakes and the fact that his two wins that were back-to-back were wire-to-wire, so he showed the ability to come back and come from off the pace a, a little bit, and he showed the fact that uh, he can now go nine furlongs. Uh, you know, a lot of people were questioning whether or not the Hansons would go on, but I believe you brought in some old partners because they said, you know what? This horse has a good female family that we think could get the mile and a quarter, so it looks like your partner's again with the Sky High Stable. Yeah, you know, the Halo Breeding and, uh, and Green Dancer, and and yeah, the the other guys have been in the Derby a few times, and they're pretty much addicted to it. So, um, you know, I wasn't thinking about them buying in because I wasn't sure we could win win the spiral, but I had some extra tickets at, at our table, so I invited them uh, to watch the race, and it turned out to be a really good idea because they got so excited about how the horse ran. <laughs> I think they said it didn't take more than a minute after the race before they started talking about approaching you to be partners. Yep, yep. And and then when I, uh, I, I, I didn't know till in the winter circle, um, one of the Sky High guys, um, Jim Shercliffe, told me that, uh, oh, my God, we have to call right away to get, make sure he's nominated for the Triple Crown. And I found out in the winter circle that I was going to have to pay the 200000 So, so uh I try to look at it this way, you know, I'm just uh, giving a percentage to some friends and still have, just to earn the right to, to pay up the run in the Derby. So I try not to think of it in financial terms. That's a little bit painful. Well, uh, no, and I do know Harvey Diamond and uh, some of those guys. They're, they're, they're a really great, fun, fun outfit. So um, now, fast and accurate, um, I assume that uh, it'll go to uh, the – the training center with Mike, and then eventually we'll start working at Churchill Downs. There certainly won't be another race between now and the yeah, first Saturday of May. Yeah. A handicapper looking at his form would think he, he won't run on the dirt, but as I said, his only race on the dirt, he wasn't right. And he was training really well at Gulfstream Park before he won the, the stake down there. Pretty fast times uh, on the Gulfstream Park dirt. And uh, uh, we think he'll be okay on the dirt. Obviously, if it comes up muddy Derby Day, that'll be our advantage, I think, though. Very interesting. So is that pretty much the game plan? Because Mike usually uh, trains at the training center, and then I think they like most of the Derby horses to kind of be on the grounds about a week early so everybody can see him showcase in the morning. Do you know what Mike's plans are? Yeah. Yeah, he had mentioned that that they're all under lock and key five days before the race. They have to be on the grounds. Um, I'm thinking about breeding. You know, Bodie Miller, the Olympic skier, was – uh, part owner of Enhance, and I've been talking to him on the phone. He's he's a real genius as far as physiology, and I don't know if he learned all this stuff from being on the U.S. Uh, ski team, you know, with all the doctors they have. But he's like talking to another physician about uh, you know, the physiology of the spleen and the blood counts and, and the VO twos and all this technical stuff. And actually, it was you know Bodie that suggested we do a dynamic scope on Enhance to find out why he wasn't running farther, and uh, Turned out he Enhance actually has a vocal cord that flutters that's partially paralyzed. That's why why Enhance didn't win, win the spiral. Um, that we always thought that he might be the best Hanson Colt, but then we found out the vocal cord issue. 
And as you know, you need a totally straight airway if there's any kind of, you know, eddy in it, the, the airflow gets, starts circling and then you lose all the power through the tube. And, but, uh, yeah, I think we'll keep enhanced, uh, sprinting, but, uh, it's, it's too bad about the, uh, vocal cord or he'd be running. I think he'd be at the Derby as well. Is there any way that you can repair that? Well, it it has to be totally paralyzed to do a tie back, you know, and, and a lot of horses run on that, but but not too many in stakes company. But uh, but we've talked with Tavoti uh, Miller, and I might try to I might, I'm trying to pick his brain to see if there's anything else we could use on fast and accurate to give us an advantage. You know, he's he's got experience with hyperbaric uh, chambers and hypo hyperbaric stalls, and I'm just trying to pick his brain to see if there's anything we can do to you know improve our chances. You know, mine, mine, that bird came out of the altitude that one year. He won at 50 to 1. <laughs> yes, he did. Well, it, it's going to be a, a fun couple of weeks. Uh, Dr. Kendall Hansen is our guest right now, and I, I know that I'm pretty sure he's got another interview lined up. Uh, so he'll be a busy man between now and the first Saturday in May. I will be down there for what to watch the morning gallop. So uh, I hope to meet up with you and ha- have a cup of coffee on Derby Week, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be pulling for fast and accurate when they run for the roses, Doctor. Hey, John, yeah. Pleasure uh, seeing you at the spiral, and I uh, look forward to spending some time with you on the road here. Okay, Dr. Kendall Hansen taking a break uh, from his uh, busy business. He's a doctor in northern Kentucky, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, uh, we're going to go way down yonder to New Orleans. I want to talk to one of my favorite people and handicappers, and that's Gary West. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a gentleman that has been on many times uh, with us. I always love having him on the show. Uh, I usually uh, call him out uh, for some of the big races, but uh, usually about this time of year when the big races come uh, to New Orleans, where uh, uh, Gary called home for for so many years, I, I like to reach out to him, and uh, that is the one and the only Gary West. Gary, thanks for being with us once again. Oh, of course, it's my pleasure to be on with you tonight. Well, uh, first thing is I want to address something I just barely touched on at the top of the show because I really wanted to get your feedback on it, and that was the race with Arrogate, the Dubai Wasn't World that Cup. Fantastic! Um, what a superlative performance! When he when he missed the break, I thought. They just might beat him here. And then when Gunrunner had a nice trip and seemed to be running along so easily on the front end, I thought Gunrunner was going to get it done. But uh, Arrogate, I, I think, defined his greatness with that journey to Dubai. And there's no doubt now, I don't know if it was before this, but there's no doubt now that he is one of the one of the all-time great horses. You know, greatness um, can, can assume many... Uh, different uh, garbs and can can come in many flavors. There's the the greatness of uh, consistency and tenacity and perseverance, as in John Henry, who won the Grade One race at age age nine, and I believe he ran 83 times in his career, won almost half of them. Kelso ran 53 times in his career, and he was the Horse of the Year five consecutive years won the Jockey Club Gold Cup five consecutive years. And then there's the greatness that, that hits like lightning, and that's Arrowgate, because he is going to have, by the standard set of by Kelso and, and others, a, a brief career. He's won seven of his eight races, but what races he, he has run and what performances he has given, and already he's earned $17 million and... No doubt he's going to add considerably to that and retire as, as not only the richest horse of all time, but, but the richest horse by far of all time. Uh, Arrogate is, is, I think, the, uh, the best horse we have seen, the most talented horse we have seen in, in many, many years, possibly since Spectacular Bid. Well, uh, there's no reason not to compare him to any of the greats at this point. Obviously, uh, because of the slight setback he had early in his career, um, he didn't get to compete uh, in the Triple Crown race races. But you know he, he's created his own set of, of criteria for for what a great horse is. So uh, forget forget the Triple Crown. I mean, for a horse in a uh, stakes debut to set a track record in a steamed race uh, like the Traverse Stakes is phenomenal. And then to take on older horses and a, and a horse of the year in the Breeders' Cup Classic, the way he did that. Uh, of course, uh, the, again, uh, facing now he's four now, but he was facing some horses with a lot more experience in the Pegasus World Cup, and that was just a laugher. And now to change his dimension 
and to overcome adversity like he did on Saturday was just phenomenal. I, I My favorite quote of the day was uh, from Mike Smith, who said, he, he thought he broke flat-footed. I didn't notice until I watched the replay, but there are no assistant starters in the gate over there. The horses right. are in there by themselves. You know, I had to go back and check because, you know, you're just so used to watching races, those guys become invisible. And, in fact, there weren't. So he said he might have been a little bit startled when the gate went op- open and there wasn't somebody there kind of edging him on. And uh, right. I'll be honest, I remember seeing Baffert's face, his jaw drop, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, no, this is terrible. You know, the trip over there, who knows. But Mike Smith, the quote he said, Gary, was he said, well, I knew I was on a great horse, so I just rode him like another great horse I was on, Zenyatta. <laughs> yeah, and and of course, when he made that move around the uh, the second turn, he looked a lot like Zenyatta. Um, he, he he was he was phenomenal, and um, you know we should all feel privileged to have to have witnessed uh, the development of this truly great horse. Well, I, I guess we all of us can now uh, begin to uh, have conversations about where he might pop up next. We know I'm pl- pretty sure he's going to get turned out for about 60 days, probably at a farm in Kentucky, uh, and then put him back into training. Uh, the two questions are, A, who would want to get in the gate and face him, and B, what kind of carnival tricks are the racetracks going to come up with by offering millions to try to get him to the track? Because you remember when 10,000 people showed up just to see uh, American Pharaoh work out at uh, Saratoga. How many people would show up at your track if Arrowgate was running? Right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see some somersaults, no doubt. And the racetracks will have to make second place quite lucrative as well because – um, it's going to be tough to beat this guy. Um, obviously, the Breeders' Cup will be the, the ultimate goal, but I would think he's going to have one or two starts before then, and where will they be for how much money and who's going to get in the gate against him? Those are the questions. It will. And, you know, just uh, b- before we, we move on to some of these races uh, at the fairgrounds, hats off to uh, Gunrunner and Neolithic. They put in fantastic races on their own right. They did. That was probably the the best race Gunrunner ever ran, and he finished second. Uh, but he finished second to a great horse, and he made the great horse work. So Gunrunner continues. He, he he's such a wonderful horse. He, he he fires his best shot. He's a serious race horse. He works hard, goes out there every time, and gives it his best. And uh, he made the great horse work. And um, Gunrunner continues to improve. He continues to step forward. So. Uh, he has a lot to be proud of, and his connections do. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited about Gunrunner moving forward because uh, he's a horse that, uh, right now, looks like the only horse in America that that can uh, give give Arrogate a uh, run for his money. Well, the, the the nice thing about Gunrunner, I think, is uh, Asmussen is probably going to be able to take advantage of a lot of races uh, over over the next, uh, let's say six months or whatever leading up to the Breeders' Cup Classic, even though I know that's his end game, because Arrogate's probably not going to be in a lot of those. And I think Gunrunner's just going to, he's going to become an ATM machine uh, for Asmussen and Winchell Thoroughbreds over the next couple of months. Well, you're right. This is no time to sit on the sidelines, uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and, and he's such a consistent, reliable horse who travels 
very well. I think they'll take advantage of Arrogate's uh, momentary respite and, um, and, and try to, to win some big ones. Well, it's going to be a, a big day down there on Gentilly Boulevard on Saturday. Um, we've got uh, the the strongest card that the fairgrounds will put on this year, and two of them are going to have a major impact uh, on both the Derby and the Oaks. Of course, uh, uh, the Oaks now lost uh, Unique Bell, and actually we'll get the Farrell's race a little bit, but <laughs> she doesn't even have to win this one. And uh, we just got news in the boys' uh, side that the L.R. Reeves out, and we know that Mastery's out, so uh, I guess this is why the people uh, play the uh, entire field when they're doing the Kentucky Derby future bet instead of taking individual horses because we are starting to see some of them fall to the sidelines. But in the uh, twin-spired Louisiana Derby, obviously the the horse uh, that will probably be the favorite would be Gervin, and rightfully so. I believe we got four horses coming out of the Risen Star. Brian Hernandez may have some interesting decisions to make uh, leading up to the Derby as he's the regular rider aboard Gervin and the regular rider aboard McCracken. Uh, but uh, hats off to him. I hope whatever the decision is, Brian makes the, the right one. But certainly uh, uh, Gervin uh, has only taken one slight bad step and only missed uh, by three quarters of a length in his only turf try. So you may be able to uh, give an excuse in the uh, Gee Memorial. I, I, I like Gervin uh, quite a bit as, as a racehorse because he tries so hard. You can watch him lower his body, lengthen his stride, pin his ears back, lower his head. He just tries so hard. He wants to win so much, and I just think that's uh, wonderfully admirable. I, I don't know if he's as talented as some uh, of the three-year-olds out there or if he's going to uh, be one of the top contenders. He could be, certainly, because he's only run three times, and he's moving forward, it seems, uh, with every start. In the Risen Star, he basically had a perfect trip in that race uh, and rallied the win by, by two links. Um, he's going to have, I think... Uh, a good trip again because uh, in the uh, Louisiana Derby there should be plenty of pace. Once again, there's the horse who set the pace in the Risen Star local hero, uh, trained by Steve Asmussen, and he's a very talented horse who has upset on his mind and, and the potential to do that. But I think there's a horse, Todd Fletcher's coming in, Monaco, who's going to go with local hero early, and, and that could create a very lively pace. And sitting right behind them will be Todd Fletcher's other horse, Patch. And Patch is a horse that I think is very intriguing because he's by Union Rags out of a mare by AP Envy. So he's by a Belmont Stakes winner out of a daughter of a Belmont Stakes winner. And now he's stretching out the two turns for the first time. It looks like this horse was born to run two turns. And Patch comes off with a big win uh, at Goldstream Park going a mile. That's a one-turn mile down there. He ran very well sitting behind what was a lively pace and just wore him down and gradually drew away. I, I think this horse is going to like two turns, and he's going to like the added distance to a mile and an eighth, and he's going to get a perfect trip sitting right behind the speed. Patch is a horse, I think, that uh, is very, very dangerous here. Gervin, the uh, morning line favorite at eight to five. He has license to step forward. This is only his fourth race. 
and uh, he's going to benefit as well from a, uh, a lively pace in here. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I just suspect Patch might be uh, the horse that gets eat the, the best trip and might have, I think, the, uh, the higher upside. And for one other horse who's going to come running late, Senior Investment. I saw this horse at Oak Lawn Park uh, for Kenny McPeak. He's won three in a row, and he's got a very nice punch uh, down the lane. He'll come running late as well. Of course, then you look at another possible scenario. What if, what if Monaco doesn't go with Local Hero, or maybe what if Monaco stumbles? Well, then Local Heroes loose on the lead, and I'm sure that uh, they've been working on rating this horse, getting him to control his speed. That would make him an upset possibility. So the Louisiana Derby, in my mind, is a very intriguing race and uh, a very bettable race. You can go with the favorite, uh, Gervin, who is going to be, I think, uh, a, a, a solid horse, and he's going to be right there. I'd be surprised if he doesn't run a big race. Or maybe try to beat him, and if you do that, my my choice uh, would be Patch. I think Patch is going to get, again, a perfect trip, and he's a horse with a big upside. Well, you, you know, the, uh, the Pletcher Barn, always loaded, and you're going to see several horses over the weekend, including uh, at Gulfstream Park, <clears throat> that have very uh, similar resumes. A lot of them coming out of uh, optional claimers, uh, you know, not non-winners of two that all of a sudden look like they're ready to jump up anytime, and they're all nominated to the Triple Crown, and they're all out of the Pletcher Barn. So it'll be very interesting that uh, any of the two that you just named could could jump up and uh, provide an upset here in the Louisiana Derby. And later in this segment, when we get to Gulfstream Park, I'll get your read on uh, uh, Battalion Runner. Again, a horse who has a very, very similar resume uh, to these two. So uh, that was uh, the, uh, the Louisiana Derby. Um, let's go now uh, to, to the Fairgrounds Oaks. Uh, Gary West is our guest handicapper. And uh, as I stated earlier, uh, Farrell doesn't have to win this race, but the way that Wayne Catalano has uh, uh, her ratcheted up, she continues to blossom in the morning. She had the best of 54 there the day after Patty's Day. She, I mean, she loves the fairgrounds. She seems to be stretching out perfectly, and uh, this could be a great year uh, for for Catalano. Yeah, it could be, and, you know, with with the... uh Big mayor out, uh, Jerry Hollendorfer's Philly. I, I think there are several out there now that have the potential to uh, fill that void, and and um, they're going to, I think, make the Oaks a very competitive and contentious race. Uh, for a while, it wasn't looking like it. Um, it looked like uh, the the big mayor in California was was just the, the best of all these Phillies uh, by far, but now. Many of them look like they're close in ability, and Farrell is one of them. Um, Farrell won the Rachel Alexandra stakes in New Orleans quite easily. She led from the start and was taken in hand, you know, in the in the final strides, never hit, never really set down. Um, and she, she, off of that race, deserves to be, I think, uh, the clear favorite here, but there could be a little uh, a little danger for her because there's some speed inside of her, which means she could end up uh, three or four wide in the first turn. She won't get loose in slow fractions as she did in the Rachel Alexandra. There is Angel number two in here for Brett Calhoun won her race, broke her maiden by eight lengths, and looked just as impressive as Farrell and the Rachel Alexandra. Granted, 
she didn't have the competition, but she also won in hand, led from the start, and, and on a day when the track was pretty dull uh, down at the fairgrounds, she went the opening half in 48. But again, don't be deceived by that. The track, the track was very, very uh, slow that day. Daria's Angel has enough speed to force Farrell to go faster than she would like early and maybe to keep Farrell off the rail. Uh, Vexatious, who's just inside of Farrell, she also has a little speed and could force Farrell to uh, go faster and wider than is uh, ideal. And then there's a very intriguing Philly corporate queen from Florida that Mark Cassie's bringing over here. This is another filly who looks like she was begging to go two turns. She just won going seven-eighths of a mile. I'm sorry, ran second going seven-eighths of a mile in Florida. But but she ran the, the final three-eighths of that seven-eighths race in 37 and change, which is, which is very impressive for a three-year-old filly. She came home with good determination. She's begging to go long, and, and I think uh, she's going to be going to be very live here. I, I Farrell clearly the one to beat, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Corporate Queen ends up in the winner's circle. Well, uh, again, uh, something going uh, on the behalf of, of Farrell, not necessarily for this race, but down the road, at, that as a two-year-old stretching out to a mile and a sixteenth in the grade two goldenrod was a very impressive winner over the Churchill Down Strip, where she broke her maiden, too. So uh, two big edges there. And, of course, uh, like yourself, the cat, a uh, graduate of uh, the School of Hard Knocks down there in New Orleans. Uh, I had him on a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about his early days with uh, Jack Van Berg. I guess it was either a juvenile delinquent hall or go to work for Van Berg. And <laughs> he made the right decision. He made the right choice, and he's made a, a great career, and he's a terrific trainer. He really is. He really is. And uh, it's interesting that he has his son-in-law training for him. So I'm sure there's some interesting dinner conversations nonetheless. Uh, of course, it's got to be awful hard to fire your son-in-law. But he just says he's a great kid and they get along great. And, and certainly having the edge of being a former successful jockey, you know, has got to help you get into the head of a young rider because you've been there. You've done that. Right. Right. Um a lot of a lot of uh, riders uh, have have made very good trainers. People don't realize that Steve Asmussen was a jockey once upon a time because he's a big guy. Uh, yeah. Willie Steven was a jockey, and um, some jockeys become very good trainers. And uh, Wayne Catalano certainly is one of those. Art Sherman, let's not forget him. He had a nice little horse by the name of California Chrome. He used to ride here in the Midwest quite a bit. And uh, I know he won over 2,000 races because I saw a uh, black and white photo of him and Mike Manganello holding up a sign saying, members of the 2000 club that was taken at the old Cranwood up near uh, Thistledown in, in, in the Cleveland area. Well, uh, we're talking with, uh, with Gary West and we're looking, we just looked at uh, two prep races that will have a major influence uh, on both the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. When we come back, we're going to take a, uh, a look at uh, a staple of uh, New Orleans, the New Orleans Handicap. And then we're going to take a look at a race that's going to have an impact, obviously, on the Kentucky Derby, and that being the very rich million-dollar grade one Florida Derby. We're going to take a little bit of a break. We're talking with Gary West, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs>
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me again, uh, Gary West is joining us uh, today and uh, i'm sure he's seen this race many many times uh the new orleans handicap it's a grade two going at a mile and an eighth at the fairgrounds and uh you usually see some horses that got some good success under their belt a lot of them with uh, local connections and uh it's a pretty interesting field of course i can can always come up with a one to nine shot real easy and gary uh, convinces me that there's at least four horses in the race that can beat it well i'm not going to be able to do that with this race because I see this one as a pretty wide open and an interesting uh, uh, betting race. And like I said, along the lines of horses that, that have been there and done that, you've got international star, uh, Mike Maker trainee that won the Louisiana Derby back in 2015 after uh, winning the Risen Star and the LeCompte. Uh, then, of course, you have uh, last year's LeCompte winner, uh, Mo Tom, who's a horse that seems to uh, – continuously make trouble for himself he's obviously got a lot of talent but he's a late runner and he's run into his fair share of trouble along the way and then you got got a horse who uh, already this year uh, put in a solid performance uh, behind a horse by the name of gun runner in hawk at com and uh then you got kind of a big wake-up horse some horses when they like the fairgrounds they like the fairgrounds and that's honorable duty Gary, I've touched on a few of them. I'm sure you've got even more to add to, to the group. It's an interesting uh, field going to post in the New Orleans Handicap. It really is. It's a beautiful betting race. And um, the public, the, the, the bettors can, can go any number of directions depending on, on you know, which scenario they, they think is most likely. Um, the, the big question in my mind, though, is will Noble Bird show up and, and run his A race? Uh, he is a, he's a temperamental horse, and when things don't go his way, sometimes he just packs it in and calls it quits 
before he's run a half a mile, um, which is what happened in the Clark Handicap. He had some trouble. Um, he had some trouble early in that race. He didn't make the lead, and when he didn't make the lead, when he entered the second turn, he said, the heck with it. Um, he did run, I thought, fairly well in the Pegasus. He set the pace, a very fast pace in the Pegasus, by the way. They went 46 flat on the front end, and he set the pace uh, and hung on um, with the uh, leaders until they turned into the lane. I thought he ran well there, but obviously just overmatched trying to take on Arrowgate. Um, the question is, will Noble Bird show up and give us a race, as he did when he won at Keeneland, um, looked like a super horse when he won the, the Fayette at Keeneland. He also won the Lucas Classic at Churchill Downs. He won the uh, Stephen Foster once upon a time at Churchill. Uh, he won the Ben Ali. No, ran um, second in the Ben Ali. That's what it was. And looked good that day. Won the Pimlico Special. That was the race I was thinking of. Looked like a super horse when he won that by uh, nearly a dozen lengths. Um, Noble Bird is capable of throwing that big effort and, and really dropping jaws in the grandstand. And the question again is, does he get the trip? And I think he does here because there's nobody in this field that has nearly as much early speed as Noble Bird does. And, and he can control the pace here. And if he can back it up a little bit, he's going to be awfully, awfully hard to run down. On the other hand, if he's pushed through some fast fractions or if he gets bumped around, if he just doesn't like the weather, who knows? Uh, Noble Bird is, is beatable. And, and if, he, if you think he's beatable, uh, and he is, there, there are a number of choices. The question is, if Noble Bird won, uh, will Noble Bird run his, his best race? And, and what is the probability of his doing that? And if you put the probability at, say, um, 50%, well, then three and a half to one in the morning line is, is, is a huge overlay. And if you put it at 20%, then three and a half to one is an underlay because a 20% probability of winning, you need four and a half to one odds or nine to two in order to make the wager. So it depends on what you think the chances are of this horse running as a race. And if you say no, if, if the chances are 20% or, or less, then, then the race is wide open and you can go any number of ways. Um, uh, you, you, you mentioned a number of horses that are doing well. Hawakam for Wesley, um, uh, Hawley, uh, is, is improving with every race. He just ran second to Gunrunner in the Razorback. He won the Louisiana Handicap. He looks like he's uh, a legitimate horse uh, who's capable of throwing a big one. Eagle, we've seen throw big ones from time to time. He's going to step forward after giving, I think, a lackluster performance in his first outing of the year in the Mineshaft Handicap. He ran fourth that day, but he's a lot better than that, and we'll, we'll see him cranked up and, and give a good performance here. Neil Howard's one of the outstanding horsemen around, and he'll have Eagle ready. And another intriguing horse to me is, is Breaking Lucky. He ran in the Pegasus as well, didn't run a step. He finished eighth. And, and never got into it at all for whatever reason. And this horse, on his best day, he's quite capable of, of, of running a, a, a terrific race. He's made, what, about 850000 in this career or something like that? Breaking yes. Lucky, very good horse. And, and don't underestimate him. And he's, I believe, 8 to 1, 8, 10 to 1 in the morning line, something around there. Um, 
it's a it's a great betting race. I think Noble Bird though at three and a half to one, anything around three to one to me would be would be a very bettable play. All right. Well, that's a look at the New Orleans handicap with Gary West. Now let's go to the rich Florida Derby, the Express Bet Florida Derby. And uh, looks like they're going to put 11 of them in the field. And the probable favorite is parked on the outside, Gunavera, a really talented uh, son of Dialed In, who impressed a lot of people with his run in the Fountain of Youth. And we've got four horses uh, coming out of the Fountain of Youth. So a lot of them could have an excuse or, you know, just feel like uh, there's a reason I've got to come back. I think it's interesting here that you also got the horses coming in from, from Tampa Bay, this state of honor, Mark Cassie, who seems to be just loaded, you know, with in every division of late, uh, is taking the blinkers off. I think the blinkers actually put too much speed in that horse, if that's what he was looking for. Uh, well, Gary, we got about four minutes before I've got to close out. I want to get your read on this million-dollar race that should put somebody in the gate for the Kentucky Derby. Well, when Gunavera won the uh, Fountain of Youth, he had a perfect trip because the speed was uh, was was um, rolling out there on the front end. Uh, three rules set a lively pace, and he was pushed along. There's not as much speed in this race. You have three rules again, but you don't have the horses that pushed him to go, go fast early. And so I think the pace will be slower here. And the the field could get, uh, I think, bottled up in the second turn. Traffic could be a problem. Three rules could be cruising. Three rules, I think, is very dangerous. And the horses that are going to be right behind him in the early running, such as Always Dreaming and Battalion Runner, the two pleasure horses, he's going to scratch one of them, of course. Uh, just run uh, one of them. But either one, I think, is capable here. They, they, they're both coming off of impressive victories uh always dreaming just one by four at goldston you won by 11 in tampa bay and battalion runner i thought looked very good when he won recently but both of them had everything their own way slow fractions who knows how good they are but they're going to have good trips sitting right behind uh three rules and an intriguing horse to me is impressive edge I really liked his last race. It wasn't very fast. He went seven-eighths of a mile, one by five, and uh, uh, I think the time was seven-eighths and 25 in a tick or something. But uh, the way he did it was quite impressive. And I hear this horse is uh, training very well down in Florida. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an upset here. I know I wouldn't take Gunnavera coming out of the 11 hole at short odds. And he's, what, nine to five in the morning line? I don't think I could go for that. Um, I think there's some there are some horses in here that have upset potential. They're moving in the right direction. Impressive edge. One of the Pletcher horses. Even three rules. He's going to be on the lead and can slow it down. All those appeal to me, and I think it's an exciting betting race. And I think we're going to have another Derby contender when this race is over. Well, we, we've we've seen a lot. A lot of people were putting rings around certain horses, and uh, we're seeing them either go to the sidelines or just leave us with a head scratcher. Uh, so it'll be in- interesting now. Uh, it looks like uh, the Arkansas Derby is going to be a great race. Uh, the Bluegrass is going to be a great race. A lot of horses that kind of uh, had to change their training uh, uh, scheme uh, have pushed their 
Dateline back. Uh, so we're going to have so many horses coming out of so many races. Uh, there is just uh, there's no one horse that that you can key on saying, well, this is the Derby horse. This is the one to beat. Uh, you know, I certainly I don't know anything about Thunder Snow uh, coming in from uh, Dubai. But uh, you see how well those horses have fared over the years on the first Saturday of May. So uh, it, it's going to be a, a very, very interesting year uh, leading up to the first Saturday of May. Well, uh, Gary West, as always, I want to thank you for taking uh, time out. I, I love uh, uh, l- listening to your uh, analysis, and you always give me reason to look at more horses than I usually do. John, my pleasure. I always enjoy being on with you, and, and you have a great, uh, a great derby weekend. I plan on it. I plan on it. I have have a great derby week, I hope. Well, that was uh, Gary West. And before that, I want to thank Dr. Kendall Hansen uh, for being on with us and telling us the story about uh, fast and accurate uh, and the fact that he's got partners now and he's going to go in the gate for the Kentucky Derby. Well, again, so thanks to uh, Dr. Hansen, to Gary West, uh, to our producer, Matt Widener. I want to uh, remind everybody, you definitely got to pull down some easy uh, win uh, sheets this week. Uh, you heard about all the horses Gary laid out in these big races. And don't forget, as good as the races are at the fairgrounds, Gulfstream is absolutely loaded with some nice races and uh, the easy win forms have been doing great. So for everybody at Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.